unabated. That's the new word, unabated. That's, that's too big a word. That's like mayonnaise. I'm assuming that's the biggest word. Welcome on into the Unabated Podcast. I'm your host, Thomas Viola, and joining me as always, it is the dog's name himself, Rufus Peabody, and he's going to get you by tonight, the captain himself, Captain Jack Andrews. No Peter Jennings today. He was busy with a prior engagement. Uh, He has a very special meeting with a very special man from the North Pole. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I find that so funny, but idea. Yeah. Uh, most likely at the gym. We didn't get a confirmation or denial on whether or not Santa Claus was making an appearance at his local gym. <laughs> but while Peter is getting swole and getting presents, we are here talking with you guys today about market movement. Uh, I think that this is obviously one of the most important things as a better that you can really be paying attention to because, you know, this is all about betting into markets and you want to be able to get a read on where they're going, where they're going to move. And I I think that one of the most common questions that people come up with, and I know one of the most common questions that they'll ask guys like you, Jack, is what's the best time for me to bet? Uh, What's the best time in the market? Should should I be betting uh, right at the beginning of the week when the line's open? Because that's when the number's not going to be the sharpest. Should I be betting at the end of the week, which I think if you're going to have an answer to that, the answer to the question is obviously you don't want to bet into NFL closing lines on Sunday morning. That's the worst time that you can bet. But there really isn't an answer to the best time. But you still can make a skill out of and really should have the skill of being able to read markets, being able to understand and kind of get an idea of where you think they're going to go and understand the significance of different lines and different points in the market and what they represent. So today we're going to be covering that topic here, starting off with, of course, the opening line and what what the significance of the opening line really means. In in your opinion, Jack, how important is that number versus the closing number, if that makes sense? Uh, Not important. Uh, That would be the the simple answer. No, the the opening line is... Look, the opening line is, is sometimes almost mythical when it comes to a lot of sports bettors because... Obviously, we know the lore of sharp books like Circa or like uh, Chris Offshore, where they'll put up an opening line and they'll they'll make sure they they know who's betting into it. They know the sharp bettors that are betting into it, and that's going to help them shape it for a certain amount. and And maybe that those sharp bettors are going to get decent limits worth their time. But for the average as, aspirational sharp better, they're not going to have access to that opening line information or if they do it's going to move very quickly it's going to be moved quicker than they can they can get to it and so what that line opens at is is sort of irrelevant because it's it's not something they're going to be able to bid into i know i used to get a lot of people that would contact me and say jack i got this model and i can beat the opening line uh blah 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 you know and i said well okay you can, if you can beat the opening line that's great but you can't bet the opening line most of the time with your you know, with your access. So why even measure it against the opening line? Measure it against the closing line, which we know markets tend towards efficiency. And so the closing line is far more indicative. And we've talked about CLV. We've talked about, uh, you know, how different markets are more efficient than others. Different leagues are more efficient than others. But when it comes to having meaning in your handicapping or in your analysis, the closing line is always going to be far more important than the opening line. And I'll I'll just make one other point on this. You can't just assume that you see the opening line price 
And then you see where the market is when you look at it and say, oh, well, the market's moving in this direction. All you know is the market has moved in the direction that you see, but just like a, a, uh, an earnings report would say that past performance is not indicative of future results, that's the same that's true in market movement. Look, market movement happens because of everything. It happens because sharp action. It happens because of news. It happens because of injury information. It happens because of weather. All of these things can factor into market movement. And if you're seeing movement, you're basically seeing past influences in the market. You're not seeing future influences in the market. So that's the other thing that I think a lot of bettors make the mistake of is they look at it, they say, okay, I need to see the opening line and where it is now. And that tells me the direction that the market's moving. Well, it does tell you the direction the market has moved. It doesn't tell you the direction the market will move. And one thing there that you didn't mention, you said a lot of things that can influence the line. You did not mention public money. No. <laughs> no, in in 99% of sporting events, the public money is irrelevant. Uh, the number of tickets that are on one side, the amount of the percentage of handle that is on the percentage of money bet um, that is on one side is is irrelevant. The only time it really sometimes matters is the Super Bowl, the biggest betting event in the U.S. calendar, because there is such a huge volume on that game that the bookmakers have to respect the public money. They don't want to get caught too far on one side or the other. So they will move based on public money when it comes to the Super Bowl. But for you know your daily NBA slate or your daily NHL slate, no, the, the public money really doesn't influence anything. Because the mythical perception of the idea behind sports books, you know, they want balanced action. That's what you'll hear on so many of these, uh, so many of these shows. So many people will talk about it's all about balancing the action. That's what the book actually cares about. That's not true. No, it, it's not. Uh, look, it everything in sports betting exists on a spectrum, and I, I like to say that about a lot of different things when it comes to sports betting. But this is true. So to a certain extent, yes, books will want to balance their liabilities, but not to the point of we've got to have 50 on 50, you know, and we collect the VIG in between. No, they're willing to take opinions or sorry, make opinions and 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 take lopsided action because they know that they have the best of it, whether it be the baked in 11 to win 10 or whether it be because they know the sharp opinion on the game. Um so there may be sometimes when a book may move a number back to something because they want to just kind of lower their liability on one side. But absolutely, Tom, the that that myth that sports books look to balance the action and just collect the VIG is is a misnomer. Now, Rufus, how about you here? We've uh, we've heard from Jack on the significance of the opening line. Obviously, with the volume that guys like you want to get down. You're going to be limited at the opening markets anyway. You're not going to have the access that you want to those numbers. Do you pay attention to the lines, to 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 what the line opened at when you're looking at it, or is that just not a number that comes into play for you either? Because you're only looking at what the number is right now. No, I'm looking at what the what the number is right now. I, I the line can move for any number of reasons, and as Jack said, I mean the opening line kind of it's it's not a really bettable line. It is a bookmaker, the the first bookmaker to open. It's, you know, the people working there's opinion. It's their guess of where, you know, where the line is going to settle and it can be wrong. Um, and the market is telling them it's wrong. And also the market can move the market. I mean, the market can, depending on the sport, move the wrong direction sometimes too, to sort of 
set up an opportunity for a better to bet more money once limits get up, um, go up uh, later on. So you don't necessarily know the reason for the move. And I don't try to analyze that. That's, I just, I know what my number is and I see, I look, if I see value and I fire. And so I want to bet as early as I can typically um, for most of my bets where I can get down sufficient volume without essentially ruining the market. But I do think in terms of the best time to bet, um, and I've, I've sort of said this before, I do think there are times when um, when it is good to bet late, and that's going to be bets that, that are hurt by uncertainty. Um, and so a great example of that is teasers. And for example, laying anything where you're laying a big price, um, derivative markets where you're laying a big price, I would say there's you're better off waiting. And a teaser is a derivative market where you're laying a big price. Even let's say, even if you have like a six leg teaser that pays plus 400 or plus 500 or something, you're laying a big price on each individual leg. You're laying what, what's, you know, minus 270 or something on an individual leg. And so this is the situation where if the market moves 5% towards you, versus 5% against you, there's going to be, uh, you know, asymmetric. Um, it, the effect is not symmetric. So 5% towards you does not help you as much as 5% against you hurts you. And I, I tweeted out an example of this before, but basically um, it's, it's, it, it is, it's just because you are laying a big price. And so, I mean, Here's a really simple, silly example is let's say you, you make a bet minus, or you, you bet a money line for a game that's minus 10. Jack, what's what's approximately the money line there? Uh, is it like minus 800 something? Are we talking for NFL? Well, I don't know. You didn't miss it. No, it's going to be like minus 350 maybe, no big. That's my guess. Okay. 320? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I mean, Kansas City right now minus fourteen is minus six thirty nine on the money line against the Texans this week. Okay, so let's but, let's just take that. Okay, so let's say in a mythical world that goes, the line moves fourteen points towards Kansas City, so they become a twenty eight point favorite. Obviously, this is a hypothetical example designed to prove a point. Uh, a twenty eight point favorite is what to win ninety eight percent probably. So they go from minus 650, which is, you know, 87%-ish, I don't know, 86%, something like that. Um, I don't know off the top of my head, to 98%. They go 12% up. But if it moves from minus 14 down to even money, you're moving, you're moving to 50%. So you're moving like 36% the other direction. So mm -hmm. that's my point there. It's, it's, you know, because of where you already are on the probability distribution, you can't, there's a cap to how far up you can go and versus, and I guess there's a cap to how far down you can go, but there's a, there's a lot more room there. So um, on the flip side though, if you're betting on, there are bets where you gain from uncertainty. So these are bets uh, our, our friend Nassim Nicholas Taleb would call like anti-fragile. They gain from chaos. And these are, all, are money line bets on an underdog or any bet where you're kind of where you're taking a big price. And I don't mean like getting a lot of points. I mean, we're a lottery type bet. Um, and I don't mean a lottery type bet, like you're parlaying a lot of things and getting a long shot. Like I mean, a specific leg, right? Like it, like if you were betting on, right, like a, a 10 to one, like an underdog that's 10 to one, 
if they're what we have to remember is there isn't that that price like let's say you have an event that's a week out that price can move in both directions and just like just like that uncertainty hurts you for a teaser or, or something where you're laying a price it helps you for an underdog because a move towards that underdog is is well or well it, it's it's just the it's just the inverse really yes, if, you, exactly. if you're a 14 point favorite um there there's not a lot that can happen to a, a team in that matchup to make you go from 14 to 20 like it, a player some, can be in some sports there are like uh, but yes football football generally you're correct yeah like 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 uh if you're already 14 points better than another team and then it's announced that their left tackle is out that's not moving the number on anything but if you're a 14 point underdog and it's announced that the favorites quarterback is out that could be a real swing it could and i actually want to pull up my example that i tweeted out i don't um which i think is it, it's a real world example that is not super it, 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 it's a real world example that is actually quite plausible. And I believe it was a 13 point favorite. Um, the money line is plus 484. Let's say you, you, you bet a 13 point, sorry, you bet a 13 point underdog at plus 484 odds. Mm -hmm. So your reference point is a 0% EV bet. Now, if that moves 5% against you, it goes to plus 13 plus 110. The money line equivalent there is plus 548. So your bet would have a neg an EV now of negative 9.9%. But if it moves 5% towards you, so plus 13 minus 110, which actually that's incorrect. That would only be, that's only a 4.5% move towards you. Um, but so we'll say a 4.5% move towards you. That money line goes to plus 416. Suddenly you have a 13.2% EV. So you can see that the, 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 a line move of the same magnitude on both sides, you know, if they're they're not going to help or hurt you the same amount. Um, and it all depends on whether you're laying a price or taking a big price there. And so uncertainty is, is your friend if you're taking a big price. And so that's why I was saying in games like like bowl games, if you can get an underdog money line early at a price that you think is reasonable, there's there's so much we don't know with these bowl games in terms of opt-outs. Um, injuries, transfer portal stuff, motivation, you know, lines are going to move a lot. Yeah, I, And, and so I, even if you don't have to know which direction they're going to move, you could have a bet that looks really bad if you take a big underdog because it moves the other way, but you could also have a bet that looks really good. And that movement is your friend. That's my point. If you're, if you're betting a big plus money. Yeah. I think I, the theme that you're going with here is that the line is almost more likely to move towards even than away from it. And no, that's not the point, though. But the, the, so, the so, point the point of it is that the the math is more when you're betting an underdog. The math is more in your favor if a line moves because if it moves with you, you gain more than you lose if it moves against you. Yeah, and my point is, it doesn't have to like it can the distribution. It's not more likely to move. It doesn't have to be more likely to move in your direction. Mm -hmm. if, even if it's equally likely to move towards you or against you. Mm -hmm. For that major market, the the point spread and and the moves are e equally likely to be the same magnitude, so it's completely symmetrical. You stand to gain from that uncertainty. Yes. If you are taking, if you're taking a big plus price. Yes. Yeah. So so that's an example of a bet where I mean, earlier is better because there's more uncertainty in terms of line move. Whereas if you're on the other side and you're laying a big price, 
this is an inter maybe the rare case where earlier is worse. And that's the case for teasers. Well, and with teasers in particular, it's because you're preying on market efficiency. You're using the efficiency of the market against it to when, when you're making these teasers. And also you have the chance, like if you're betting it on, if you bet on a Wednesday and a team is a two and a half point dog and you're teasing them up uh, on a six point teaser to eight and a half, by Friday, that number could move to three and a half and you, you've shot your value in the foot. Right. Yeah. Because you're laying that price, you're laying the minus 270 on the leg. And, and remember, teasers, you think of them as like, okay, I can create this big plus money bet. But in reality, they're just parlays. Minus plays. They are parlays of alternate money lines where you're getting points. Yeah. So they're all, they're parlays of like minus 270 or higher bets typically. Mm-hmm. And as we know, always tease totals. Well, so if you're if you're using our teaser tool at Unabated and using it for reverse teasers, betting early might be the better play. Yeah, that's because that's a you, very good point. Because when you're reverse teasing, obviously you're taking a you're you're giving points to get a higher price. Yes. And in that case, totals is good. Reverse why why are they called pleasers, by the way? Because what why does that please you? It normally doesn't please me to have to give points. I feel like this is actually Chris Andrews when he was at the Cal Nevo was one of the first to do pleasers. And I, so I think he originated the term. So next time I talk to Chrissy Andrews, I'm going to actually ask him if, what's the history of pleasers slash reverse teasers. Hopefully you can tell me. Now I'd love, to, I'd love to find out. Now, the next thing that I want to talk to you guys about here, when it comes to the market moving, it, it's a little more of the art behind sports betting. And my question for you is there are times when I'll run into a play where I'm sitting down here. It's a Tuesday. It's a Wednesday. I'm looking at the NFL market for the week. I'm on the unabated odds screen and I see a game at, um, let's at three and a half. And I'm sitting there and I'm trying to decide, do I think that this line is going to move closer to three or do I think it's going to move closer to four? Like, is this, does this line have the potential to cross a key number these are these are the questions that I'm asking. You put on your casual hat here. You're a better who's just coming into this, and you're trying to get good closing line value. How is it that you can approach it so that you're? I'm trying to think of how to phrase this question here on the fly. But how do I look for bet? How do I identify a bet that could potentially have good CLV? So you're well, asking uh, if there's asymmetric movement. Yes. I'm going to let yeah. you answer that, Jack. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I think your first point is to say, what will I know later that I don't know now? And with the NFL, you have the injury reports out on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Um, you that's, that's a key point of information. The other thing with the NFL is we know how solid the three, the six, and the seven are. So to move through those numbers takes a, a big influence. And in the NFL, we also know, thanks to using the NFL season simulator done abated, really it's the quarterback position that can drive that. So if there's quarterback uncertainty, yes, you can absolutely move through the three. If there is, um, you know, a, de a defensive end who is, might not play, that's not going to move a line through the three. Um, a wide receiver is not going to move the line through the three. A running back probably not going to move the line through the three. It's really 
I would I would actually say the offensive line uncertainty could potentially move a line through the three, but really it's just the quarterback. So in an example where you have a line at four, you can't necessarily say, well, this could go to two and a half or this could go to five and a half. Um, th- that's it's not going to be symmetrical, normal distribution like that. Probably it's going to be more like this can go to three and a half or this can go to five and a half. And you need to approach it that way. But beyond that, you need to also think about what made I what might I be missing that is going to that I don't know about. So we know the things you might know about, but we also got to consider the things that you don't know about. What's that? What's that term, Rufus? Uh, the unknown unknowns. Well, epistemic uncertainty is that what that's called? Irreducible uncertainty. Okay. Or that, I mean, that's the uncertainty that no matter what, you can't reduce it. Like, yeah. So maybe that's not what you're looking for in this case, but I do love that term. But my my point I'm making there is it's it's very tough to look at the NFL on a Tuesday and know everything that's going to come into factor into the market that isn't already factored into the market. So predicting line moves in the NFL is probably one of the harder sports to try to predict line moves in. Um, the other problem with the NFL is it plays out over so much time that it makes it much tougher. You know, I specialize in the NBA. I specialize in NBA totals. I know exactly what goes into NBA totals that influences the market. And it's all encapsulated in in a day. In fact, it's usually encapsulated in about six-hour time period of uh, 7 a.m. East Coast time to about 3 p.m. East Coast time. Sometimes it it goes towards shoot-arounds in a game. But for the most part, I know where the inflection points are going to be throughout that day. When you get into the NFL and things can news can happen all week long, that's a lot of baby. So I think in your example you gave, Tom, my my first advice would be pick something that, that's a little bit easier to do this mental mm-hmm. marathon. And um, the NFL might not be that market, but start with the things that you know will come out later in the week that could influence the line and try to figure in your mind how that could influence it. And and so then taking a step back, if uh, regardless of sport, if your goal is to make bets that have good closing line value, how is it that you sit down and identify a bet where you think that the line is going to move in a way that is in your favor? I'll tell you what you have you have a a winning model. That's how. Pretty much, you just have to have a model that's originating in a number that tells you uh, this line is off, and then. You're assuming that your model is correct and that therefore the market is going to move that way. Well, it's not always going to be correct, but it's going to, but the reason that closing line value matters aside from just news and injury stuff is market moves because, you know, let's say I have a model. I'm not the only person to have a model, a sharp model, mm-hmm. and and there should be some similarities among them. And so there's other going to be other sharp betters that are doing the same thing and they're moving that line too. So in essence, it shows that you know, you're not a special snowflake. There's other people out there like you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I, I, I tell this story often. The very first time that I met Rufus, we had a discussion standing at a bar in California. And I said, oh, Mammoth I bet discussion. baseball. I said, I, I bet baseball. He said, oh, I bet baseball. I said, I bet baseball totals. He said, I bet baseball totals. I said, I'm based on weather information. He says, I'm based on weather information. Well, not- well, weather is a huge weather goes into the number for sure. 
Well, the point the point being is we were both basically attacking the same fairly esoteric weather angle. And we didn't know each other and we didn't know that each other was yeah. betting the same thing. And I know for a fact there are other bettors out there, high name syndicate bettors that were doing the exact same thing that I didn't know them and they didn't know Rufus and we didn't know each other. So, yeah, I love Rufus's comment there. You're not so special, Snowflake, because there are plenty other um, people that can figure out the same angles as you, no matter how unique they, you think they are. If you mm -hmm. want to be the special snowflake, you need to be the better that's winning while getting negative CLV, which or, or not getting CLV, which means you're somehow doing something that you're the only one that figured out this has importance or matters. And so, or you're manipulating a market mover towards the end, towards the closing line to move the whole market back and cover your tracks. Yeah. So those are like the people playing 4D chess. Yeah. I think that's not me. D chess at, the, at that point. Sorry. I think that's 8D chess at that point. Maybe. I mean, the, the world of head fakes is something that we will obviously get into at later points on this show, but uh, that is an episode, that, that is what we what you would call beyond the scope of this paper. I personally prefer the ball fake. The ball fake. I like it. Isn't that a, that's a, that's a different type of fake. Yeah. I, you've, got the head, you've got the head fake. Aren't you but, the basketball guy? Yeah. Oh, basketball. Oh, yeah, ball I, fake. I went another fake. direction with, the body part so yeah. yeah oh my god okay this isn't lance armstrong <laughs> but still no it makes sense you've got the head fake where's your head going but it doesn't matter where your head's going because you're not going anywhere without the ball ah okay i'm no, not going anywhere without my balls <laughs> i think we need to start using episode titles i think that's the title of the episode here <laughs> but okay you may not be going anywhere without your balls rufus but our mailbag I, I I set this up and I had nowhere to go and I walked right off a cliff with it. But you should also not be going anywhere without our listener mailbag for the week, my friend. <laughs> because if you want to get in the mailbag, all you have to do, sign up today using the link in the description of this video. Go down to the Discord section there. You can get into our Discord. Join Unabated first off. Head to unabated.com. Get yourself a subscription. You get access to the premium channels in the Discord. But if you just want to be in there and palling around with some of the best people in the business, not just from our website, but our fantastic community as well, head to unabated.com. Get yourself a subscription today. And don't forget to like this video, by the way. But you can get into our listener mailbag and submit your questions for Rufus, Jack, and Peter when he's not with Santa Claus working on toys. But ENH wants to know, does line movement have, quote unquote, momentum? To elaborate here, let's say there is a game where the unabated line is plus five and a half, but it open was plus four. Then we see a book hanging plus six and a half. Is that just a no-brainer hammer spot, parentheses, bet the green? Or should the previous movement be considered, and is the line more likely to continue trending towards six and a half than it would be had it simply opened at five and a half instead of four? Um, Let me take this here, Tom. I mean, so... Cade Massey of the Massey Peabody ratings, the, the headliner of the Massey Peabody ratings, actually was messaging me recently about something from a, a paper that he was reviewing, a, a colleague's paper, I believe, which was looking at, at how line movements um, in sports, I forget what sport it was, I think it was football, NFL, um, are, are essentially, they tend to revert. 
So if you look at the line moving one way, it tends to, it's more often going to come back. But I think that's also looking, but that's if you're looking at individual line movements. And so I think that that there are moves that happen due to, you know, an auto mover and a sharp book. You know, somebody bets Chris the limit and they move from minus seven, minus 110 to minus seven, you know, maybe minus 113, you know, if they're a little bit sharp and depend, it depends on the market. Maybe if they're very sharp, it might move all the way to minus 119 or minus 121. Um, and so that's just like algorithmic, right? And then somebody might come back. It's likely that somebody comes and hits the other side. It could just be a somebody's, I mean, there are guys that aren't sharp that can move the line because Chris doesn't want them to double pop it at the same price. They know that the guy's going to bet it twice anyway. Let's give him a little bit of a factor so he can... You know, he's not getting the same amount. He's not getting the entire thing, at, you know, at, at this one price. And so somebody's more likely to come bet it the other way. But I would say conditional on um, on there are certain segments of lines where if a line moves, everybody follows um, where oftentimes there is momentum. And I, I don't have I don't have any sort of quantitative, you know, opinion or, or uh, this is just my own experience. I, I can't quantify this, but I mean, look. You see this with line releases from right angle sports. Um, I mean, back in the day, we used to see this when we were betting golf. We would bet something. We'd bet a matchup at minus 110. We gave it out to, we had, we were moving through all these agents, which I guess are now termed betting partners. Um, that This is before the term betting partner existed. They would all be getting it down and we we were hitting at a very good rate. And so the line would move to minus 120, minus 125. They on their own would pound it again. Or and people in the market would say, "Oh, this is the golf group going. Like this stuff has been really good. I'm going to bet it." And the line we've moved some things minus one ten. It went all the way up to minus one fifty or higher. And and so it's it's because even if even though we were sharp, the perception of our sharpness actually exceeded the reality. And I think and that's the case with anything that's moving the line massively. Like right angle sports, they're very sharp, but they'd be the first to tell you. Like if they bet some college basketball total, they you know, they probably wouldn't be betting the same thing if it was five points worse, you know? So sometimes these lines can overmove, And I think you need to know what's driving the lot, like what's driving the line move. I mean, that was the whole Dr. Bob in the early 2000s would move things a huge amount. And, and so when you're breaking this down, it's essentially a yes and no kind of answer where, yes, a line can, uh, a line can absolutely overcorrect and overmove, but it's not related to we want to put things in terms of physics in terms of inertia yeah. and momentum it's not it's not due to that if a line moves from 4 to 5 and a half it's not more likely to go to 6 than if it had opened it well it depends it so if if it went from 4 to 5 and a half and it's just been sitting there then it's not likely to keep going but if it moved but if it was just it it just moved there really quickly then it might be you know yeah but, like but, if you're getting it in the middle but like anytime that line if it's been sitting there for a while it's not like it's not more likely to keep moving that direction which is ironic I think is if, that it, it? if it moves the momentum you need to be getting it in the middle and it's going to be happening pretty quick would you agree yeah. with that jack yeah i i would uh look we i so i do a daily show on unabated for premium members it's not daily it's only two days a week but point being is we came up collectively with the group of people that tune into this, our bridge too far theory, where you have to you have to calculate many different things into a market to figure out if a move has gone too far. And one of those is how efficient is the market? 
you know, I'm throwing a name out there. Adam Turnoff puts out a lot of plays over the NFL season. Adam Turnoff in week one has a greater chance of hitting into an inefficient market than Adam Turnoff in week 15. And so if you see a big movement in week one, it's not the same as a big movement in week 15 because markets tend towards efficiency, not only over the course of a game, but over the course of a season, the later season is more efficient than the early season. So that's that's one condition you need to throw into your whole big mental algorithm in figuring out if the market has moved too far. The second thing is how much can a market move at any given point? So if Adam Chernoff were to give out a WNBA total, that market might move 10%, might be a pretty massive move. If he were to give out an NFL side, that market's not going to move 10%. So if it does, you know it's going to snap back. Unless there's something underlying news or asymmetric information that he has that he's broken the story on, for the most part, just a handicapper giving out their play on an NFL side should not move an NFL market 10%. So if it does move 10%, you know that that could be a bridge too far. It's a theory that we kind of kicked around on the premium channels within the unabated discord. Um, it comes up pretty frequently. A lot of guys have made a lot of money from it because you use the unabated odd screen and you can pick out the outliers. You can you can get in on the line move as it begins to happen, and then you can figure out who moved too far and play it back and, and give yourself a nice meaty middle. And that's what we're all about. We're all about the meaty middle here on the show. <laughs> yes. And guys, thank you so much, Ian. I hope that answers your question. Because I, I think, again, at the end of the day, the it's it's somewhere in the middle here. Like you said, and you can relate it to physics, like you said, Rufus, if a line is moving quickly, then you you have a greater chance of it continuing to move. It's where if it moves from four to five and a half and then it's sitting there, an object at rest tends to stay at rest. But when the line is in the middle of moving, it's not so much that an object in motion tends to stay in motion. So it's it's the half and half where you can relate it back to physics. It's not so much about the momentum, but it is the inertia when it is at a point and it's sitting there for a while. I think that's a fair, I, th I think that's a fair way to kind of describe that. And when it's moving, it does it. And again, I'm just trying to like take what you guys were saying and distill it down here. Mm -hmm. When the line is moving, it doesn't matter if it's already moved a point and a half from four to five and a half, or if it's just moved from five. It it's more about the factors and the whys of why it is moving right now. Is it that it's seeing a lot of sharp action? Is it seeing a lot of things that are going to move it? Is there some new piece of information versus, oh, it's already moved from this point. Therefore, it's easier for it to continue moving. I hope I distilled yeah, that it, down in the it, sense it, of look, With anything in sports betting, the answer always begins with it depends. Yep. People ask me a lot of questions, and typically my answer is always going to be, well, it depends, or it exists on a spectrum. Uh, that's just the way this is. It, there's there's very few absolutes. I actually said this the other day. The only absolute truth in sports betting is that there are no absolute truths. Only a Sith deals in absolutes. All right, guys, that is going to do it for us here on today's show. Jack Rufus, thank you so much for being with me here. Thank you so much to everyone watching along with us on the podcast platform of your choice. Don't forget, give us that five-star rating and leave us a review. We appreciate hearing from you. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can hit us up. Rufus at Rufus Peabody, Captain Jack at CapJack2000. I'm at TV at work. And of course, follow at Unabated Sports. 
on Instagram and on Twitter and head on over to unabated.com. Get yourself signed up today. Do not forget to like, subscribe, and share, and check back with us on Thursday for our Thursday night stream. Peter will most likely be back with us here if he's returned from the North Pole. But for now, that is going to do it. Best of luck, everybody, and let's cash those tickets.